Hello and welcome back everybody to our second series in our podcast. This is our second episode. I would ask you that you listen to this podcast right until the end because although it may not affect you, it may actually affect somebody that you care about. So tell me, what do we do when we need to comfort? When we need to comfort ourselves because we're having a little bad day or we're a little bit down. Well, one of the ways is that we binge eat. We stretch and seek out a food that we feel will make us, I suppose, feel a little bit better than we actually do. And especially when we're having a little bad day. So ask yourself, what food would you go for as a comfort food? Chocolate? Vegetables? Then ask yourself, why? Why do I go for that food and not any other food? Let's take a little look at why. Now, however, in order to do this, we need to take a look at how we understand eating disorders. Why? Because binge eating or comfort eating is in fact a psychological disorder. And as with all eating disorders, they are very complicated disorders and that they do affect our whole life. For example, it can affect our behaviour where it's often extreme or destructive, like resisting food, overeating, purging, vomiting, and even over-exercising. They can affect our thoughts and our cognition, insofar as our thought can become distorted and irrational. We can think, it's all or nothing, black or white, Well, what happens with these is that they can trigger or at least encourage, influence our distorted behaviour. It also affects our physical wellness. For example, if we have an eating disorder and depending on our behaviour, we can experience loss of weight, pains and aches, but more seriously, fainting, pressure on our internal organs like our lungs, kidneys, liver and ultimately our heart, which can, as a result, stop pumping. And so too to the emotional effects. Distress and chaos are affected by our distorted thought patterns and behaviour. Eating disorders are usually developed due to underlying emotional issues. Now, all four of these components interact and influence each other in different ways at different times. But because of the complexity of these components, it is difficult for a person to be able to understand the why, why they might be feeling compelled to eat in the way that they eat. So I think it would be helpful for us to see eating disorders as a coping method. Because as I said earlier, it helps us to feel like we're in control and able to, I suppose, live on a daily basis, or at least function on a daily basis. So here's a question. What's the difference between a so-called normal eating disorder and an eating disorder?
Now I have to point out that we all have an eating disorder or at least a distortion to different degrees. We don't eat in the same way each day and what we feel influences how we eat. However, where we cross over from our normal distorted eating to an eating disorder is where compulsion comes in. Once compulsion or drive is present, then our choice is taken away. So, for example, we may have an eating disorder when our fear or anxiety levels brings about a compulsion to eat in a certain way and where we are driven by the fear of gaining weight or may even feel slightly out of control if we don't. Here are a couple of things to keep in mind. An eating disorder is at its base not about food. It is actually emotional worries or stress that shows itself through an eating disorder. Two, it can be a destructive mechanism for coping with emotional distress or turmoil. Three, we can and do recover from an eating disorder. Now, there are three types of eating disorders. One, we know quite well, anorexia nervosa. Two, bulimia. And three, binge eating disorder. Now, I'm going to go through these, but I do want you to keep in mind that I'm only giving a very, very brief understanding as it would take a lot longer to give you an in-depth explanation on each of these. However, I'm hoping it will give you a curiosity around how each of us takes our eating habits and maybe even begin to question it, especially if it seems a little bit odd. So let's take the first one. The signs, the symptoms and possible treatment of anorexia nervosa. Now, this type of eating disorder aims to maintain a body weight that is lower than a normal or healthy body should be, especially around their age, their height or their gender. Would you believe the word itself, anorexia, means loss of appetite? However, that doesn't mean in general that it is what happens to somebody with this disorder. More often, the appetite is actually suppressed, while at the same time developing an intense interest in food. Now, the cause of anorexia is very difficult to pinpoint, as not one single cause explains it. Nor does it explain why a person would develop this disorder. However, it affects more women than men. And in general, it includes a psychological and physical factor. Usually, this order stems from or is in response to an emotional stress trigger, such as a traumatic experience, a major change, being bullied, losing somebody close, having um, critical comments made about their body shape or their weight. Now, the physical symptoms would include being overly active by spending excess time doing exercises. One's stomach can feel bloated 
and retain fluid. They can feel tired after small amounts of effort. Some women actually lose their period because their hormones are imbalanced. And a person's sex life is almost gone, and in some cases gone altogether. They may also experience constipation or abdominal pain. Their body hair may increase due to the body trying to keep warm. Now, psychological symptoms can include low self-esteem, feeling irritable or having mood swings. Maybe people can't cope with change or dealing with conflict or frustration. A person may actually isolate themselves from friends and family. They may also have a distorted image of their body, thinking one looks fat even when others say that they're not. And depression can set in and one may go on to develop an obsessive behaviour. Now, in relation to food itself, a person can have a rigid or limited intake of food and they can weigh themselves very often. Purging behaviour like vomiting or using laxatives or diuretics. Excessive thoughts about food or related issues. Telling lies about what they've eaten. Or, if you're sitting with them at a table, you might even notice that they're moving their food around their plate. They're taking way too much time with meals. The use of chewing gum or spices or even salt and pepper increase. They're constantly drinking water. They binge. And they dispose of food secretly. So how can anorexia be treated? Well, there are a couple of points. Well, actually, there's five. Now, I'm sure there's a lot more and probably somebody else will be able to, you know, educate us a little bit further on this. The first one is education around the nature of anorexia and healthy habits of eating. Medication. This treatment is rarely used, but can be should a person go as far as losing a serious amount of weight and be hospitalised. Intensive individual psychotherapy, family therapy are the main forms of treatment. Hospitalisation or inpatient is used when, I suppose this disorder becomes so extreme, such as a major amount of weight loss or starvation. And the fifth one, Psychiatric treatment is also used to support weight restoration. This is a serious eating disorder and it can begin so easily, especially in young girls and men, but the majority would be female. So now let's take a look at bulimia. Now this eating disorder involves binge eating and then having guilt feelings which then one tries to rid it from their body, ASAP, and finding other ways to make it happen, such as vomiting or by using laxatives and diuretics or other medication to purge what has been eaten. Now, in general, a person with bulimia usually has a normal weight or their weight goes up and down. And it can be difficult to catch or treat this type of disorder 
and can go on for many years and is not as noticeable as anorexia. People can hide bulimia and it's usually because of guilt and or shame. So what causes bulimia? Well, like anorexia, there's no one cause. It could be that somebody has low self-esteem or depression and or a lack of confidence. So what would it look like? What, what would be the signs of bulimia? Well, they include uh, a serious control around food and the way they cope with negative emotion. They have guilt after eating. They have an obsession with weight or body image. They feel the need to reverse the effects of eating by vomiting or by using laxatives. They feel trapped by unhealthy eating habits. And they binge eat regularly. Now I must point out here that binge eating is or can be different for everyone. It may only happen once or twice every few months. However, if it's a serious problem, then the binging could be up to several times a day. When it's in an extreme situation, a person may actually eat food they have thrown out, or eat half-frozen food, or even uncooked food. And once finished, guilt and shame sets in. So then we ask, well, what are the side effects to this? Well, if you think about it, vomiting can cause tooth decay, bad breath and throat problems. They can have bad skin or spots or even hair loss. A woman's period can become irregular or even stop. They can feel tired, emotional and have many mood swings. They develop anxiety and even depression, low self-esteem, shame and guilt. They feel alone. They can also feel run down and develop low levels of minerals and vitamins that the body needs. And there's an increased risk of heart problems, stomach or bowel problems. And in serious cases, bulimia can cause death due to heart failure. So what's the treatment? Well, there's medical, of course. There's psychiatry or psychologist. And there's also CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. All these treatments aim to help a person gain control with their eating so that the person can begin eating regular meals without vomiting or binging. Now, I think it is essential that I give you an explanation around CBT. CBT, or Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, is both obviously behavioural and cognitive. It works on the suggestion that our thoughts affect our behaviours and feelings. It is our thoughts that make us feel bad rather than our life experiences or situations. So how does it work? Well, a CBT therapist can help us to break down our issues into smaller areas so that we can look at them while in control. They can also help us to see clearly our patterns by writing down our thoughts, feelings and behaviours on a whiteboard. You would also be asked about the impact of your thoughts and feelings on your life. So what about binging or COE? Compulsive overeating. Now, eating too much every so often is quite normal. However, 
those who compulsively overeat often feel that their eating is out of control. People who overeat on a regular basis have a clinical disorder called BED or binge eating disorder. Remember when we talk about binge, we mean you can eat a large amount of food in a short amount of time and then you feel guilt or shame afterwards. People can begin this order out of mindless habit, like sitting down with a bag of crisps or several bars of chocolate in front of the TV. But there are times that the underlying emotional issues, the same as anorexia and bulimia, come into play. People with a negative body image increases the probability of de- developing this disorder. Now, I have to point out here that all of these disorders can lead to heart problems and therefore the person is at a higher risk of heart failure and death. So where are you in all this or do you recognise it in someone that you love? So I'm going to give you some questions that could indicate that you or somebody that you love have one of these disorders or that they're heading in the same direction. If you can see your own behaviour or anybody else's behaviour in any of the following, then you may need to ask for help to gain your control back. Do I feel guilty or ashamed about eating? Am I frightened of putting on weight or do I check my weight all the time? Do I worry all the time about my weight or body shape or about what I eat? Do I exercise to extremes or way too much to work off what I eat? How often do I think about food? Do I think about food all the time? Am I very critical of myself? Do I think that I could do things better, such as losing more weight or exercising more? Do I eat when I feel depressed or down about myself? I would ask people, please do not take this subject lightly, as we can all have an eating disorder, especially in the present times, as we are more isolated from family and friends and even with society itself. Please stay safe, stay well. Namaste.